So this week we're going to talk about uh, miles per hour and how that sometimes, even though you're speeding, if you don't have an end result or a destination in mind or directions, you're going nowhere. I'm sure uh, no one in here has ever got a speeding ticket. I've got more than one. I haven't got any in a while, praise God. Because I don't, y'all just, y'all can come up at altar call. Y'all are just afraid because Mark's in here right now. But we, we've got, people have got speeding tickets. If you haven't, good for you. Either you're a really upstanding citizen or you've never got caught. And I think it's the latter because me, I've just never got caught until. And then all of a sudden it's like boom, boom, boom. I was like, ooh. And I told him this morning one time I was speeding on the double A and I got pulled over by a state cop and I went to school with Ben. I thought that was going to get me out of it, but no, he still gave me a ticket. But he goes, where are you going in such a hurry? And I just honestly was not paying attention. I said, I'm going to Collins. This is going to get a gallon of milk. And I had Jake with me, the dog, and he was like trying to slobber all over the cop, and I was trying to pull him back in, and it was just a mess. But we get speeding tickets. Sometimes we break the law. We do things we're not supposed to. And a lot of times we're speeding because we're in a hurry to get somewhere. Um, sometimes we just uh, aren't paying attention, like I mentioned. Uh, we're running late. There's some people in here that run late a lot. I'm not going to call your name out. I'm not even going to make eye contact So, because I don't want you to feel convicted. But there's different reasons that we speed. Um, but this is the thing with speeding. Like I said, you can be going fast and not end up anywhere. Has anybody ever felt like your life is a whirlwind, like it's a rat race every day of your life? You're going 100 miles an hour, but at the end of the day, you feel like you don't have anything done at all. Has anybody ever been there? Uh, yeah, I totally have. <laughs> Um, recently, I've been remodeling our bathroom, and it's it's done. It's usable now. I've got a few things to, to finish up, and yes, I will get them done because I don't like leaving stuff unfinished. But it was taking forever for me to actually see progress, and um, it's just been a rat race. But I, you know, I had that goal in mind that I wanted to get it done, wanted to see stuff done. So I made the effort, and it's done. But there are sometimes projects where it's just like, okay, I feel like I've been working at this and working at this. And I'm not done. Snags come up. I was wanting to be done really early yesterday. And then you know how it goes. You start putting stuff back in. Water lines leak. Something got moved. Something didn't fit. This or that. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. We get there are snags in life. And so, I'm sure nobody in here gets bent out of shape whenever something goes wrong. See, like that was my thing yesterday. I was just like, I've got to get this done because I had in my mind it was already going to be finished. And I timed it out. Like, okay, I've got to put tile down. And that's got to set for 24 hours. And i got grout. And I've got to do this and do that. And I was so wrapped up in that that it was just kind of like, it was just one big gommy mess. But sometimes we feel like we're in a whirlwind, like we're running 100 miles an hour, and we never see any results. We don't feel like we've achieved anything. We don't feel like we've reached any goals that we've had just because, and some of that's because the enemy wants to make us feel like failures, wants to bring out all your faults and where you've messed up. Sometimes it's because we just really aren't getting anywhere because of different things that we're, we're not doing correctly, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I say this all the time. Busyness does not equal productiveness. Busyness does not equal productive. You can be the most busy person, and you can run from daylight to dark, but that don't mean that you're getting anything done. So just because it's like, well, I did this today, and I did that. Well, that's great. What, what did you actually get done? What did you finish? And then it's just like crickets. So busyness does not, and there's catchphrases. Um, has anybody ever heard the phrase, going nowhere fast? Uh, what about haste makes waste? I remember my dad saying that all the time as a kid, and I was like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what he's talking about. I think he just says it because it rhymes. <laughs> and then when I got older, I was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, you get in a hurry. You goof a lot of stuff up, and it's pointless. And we can do the same thing with our life. So um, before we get into our scripture, I just want to give some background. I want to talk about Moses today. 
and the book of Exodus, and instead of reading like three chapters in a row, I just want to give you some background. So Moses, you know, he's the guy in the Charlton Heston movie, had the Ten Commandments, was like holding him up on the mountain, part of the waters. They used to show Ten Commandments, I remember, every Easter on Sunday evenings. They haven't done that in a long time, but I remember when I was a kid, I'd come home from church, and I'd be like, oh, it's that time of year I get to watch that on TV. But so Moses, um, just some background. Pharaoh had ordered for all newborn Hebrew children, boys, babies, whatever, to be murdered. He wanted it, so he commanded all the Hebrew midwives and everybody, family, throw them in the river, throw them in the Nile River and let them drown. So just, and there were a lot of babies, I'm sure, that were tossed into the river and drowned. So Moses' mom, which that wasn't his name yet, um, Moses was born. Um, his mom hid him for as long as she could, so I'd say it was probably about till he was a toddler. How many of you know that it would hard to be hide? It would be hard to hide a toddler. Could you imagine hiding Keisha Dolly until she was two or three? Lord knows she would be into everything. And so his mom hid him as long as he could, as long as she could, from the Egyptians, so they wouldn't murder baby. One day he's, she can't do it anymore. Just an overview. She puts him in a basket. She weaves together, puts pitch and tar in it, and like just kind of floats it out from the bushes into the Nile River. Well, she kind of does it in a sneaky way. She's positioning it towards these Egyptian women. Well, she leaves. Moses' sisters there watching to see what happens. What she sees, Pharaoh's daughter's bathing with her maidens, and um, she takes the baby. They find the baby. So what ends up happening, she calls him Moses because he's from the water. He's come forth. So she gets Moses. She takes him under her wing and raises him as her own. So Moses was born a Hebrew child. That's his natural, his descent. But he's raised in the house of the very guy that was trying to kill him. So for all these years. So he's raised up in that. Um, kind of fast forwarding a little bit. He's walking through one day. The Hebrews are being pres- uh, oppressed. They're having to make bricks. They're having to do all this stuff. So uh, one of them is being beaten by an Egyptian soldier. Moses sees this, he gets really angry inside, he ends up killing the guy and then burying him trying to hide it. Well, then the next day, there's some Hebrews squabbling and fighting. God has chosen people, the Israelites. And um, he comes up and he tries to settle the dispute. And I'm sure no one in here has ever been sarcastic. I was sarcastic right then if you didn't pick up on that. But he, they said, well, what are you going to do about Moses? Are you going to kill us and bury us like you did the guy yesterday? So Moses is scared, he takes off and he runs. He runs for almost 40 years, just an estimate that he's gone. Um, so <laughs> he went somewhere, he got settled in and some things, but he was gone for 40 years. That's a long time to run. And then really later on for 40 years, he was stuck in the wilderness. So it's just kind of like, well, man, there's a big chunk of his life, and he's either been lost or on the run. So I want to pick up uh, Exodus chapter 3. You can stay seating or seated for now. So Exodus chapter 3, I want to read verses 7 through 12. It's from New Living. It says, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of the harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Peziites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Glory to God that that's over. That was a lot of names. And I said them real fast, so if I mess one up, you wouldn't even notice. Verse 9, Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must leave my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before the Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. 
when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God at this very mount. Let's pray. God, thank you for this portion of scripture. Thank you for what you've uh, done in our lives, God, so far, just at Bethesda and just uh, in every walk of life. I pray that you just open our eyes to this portion of scripture, God, that you would open our hearts to what you would have to speak through us today, God. God, that we would find purpose with you, that we would find our calling, God, and that we would run after you with all that's in us instead of away from you. In your name we pray and ask all these things. Amen. So, and if you read on in in chapter 3, it goes on. Moses argues back and forth with God a lot. I can't do it. Yes, you can. I've called you. What about this? What about this? A bunch of what ifs and I can'ts. And he's like, well, I can't speak very well. They say Moses probably had a stutter of some kind. Well, he said, well, then fine. Get your brother Aaron. He's a, lot, he's a better speaker than you. Take him with you. Let him be your voice. But you've got to do this. So God's calling Moses to do this. He's been running for 40 years prior to this. He's been in land. He's been doing his own thing. And God just calls him out and is like, the burning bush is there. I'm going to talk to you. I've got a purpose for your life. And I've got a couple quotes just on um, speed and how sometimes we can be running and not be productive. Uh, Gandhi said, there is more to life than simply increasing its speed. There's more to life than simply increasing its speed. So there's more to life just than trying to get it through as fast as you can. You know, I know sometimes that you're, you're at work or something like that, and it's like, oh, Lord, just let me get this day. Let me get everything I've got to get done. Let me get it over with. But the thing is, if we do every day like that, we're missing out on so much. Um, there's another quote, Steve Goodyear. Uh, he's a pastor. He said, is it a mistake to think that moving fast is the same as actually going somewhere? Just because you're going fast does not mean you're going anywhere. And that was the thing with Moses. He was running. Time was passing quickly but he wasn't doing what God had intended him to do, so God's calling him out. So there's a few things I just kind of want to check on. Some of them are questions, some of them are statements, but this is things. So where are you going? Are you going anywhere? Do you want to go anywhere? Are you happy with just your everyday, same, you know, run-of-the-mill routine, this and this and this? Are you happy with that? Because this is the thing. God has so much more. God wants you to. Proverbs 19.21 says, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You can make all kinds of plans for your life, but God's, God has a purpose for your life, and it will prevail. It'll happen even more so quickly if we just give Him control and stop running. So God has plans. Jeremiah 29.11 talks about that God has plans for us that are for good, not evil. Uh, plans not to harm you. They're not, it's not destructive. But God has a will for your life. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He doesn't want us just to be cruising and, and driving through life as fast as we can. There is more to life than this. You know, you ask where you're going. The next thing you know, okay, I feel like God's got a purpose for my life. I'm not real sure about that. what it is, but what I need to do. We need to get directions from God. We need to pray and, and seek. Some things are obvious, though. You know, like some people, uh, well... I don't know if I need to witness to my neighbor. They're not a Christian, so I don't know if I need to do that or not. Ben mentioned it several weeks ago. Well, that's an obvious thing. God's called us all to speak of his salvation. He wants everybody to be saved, not just a few. So, you know, it's if it's if some things are, we, are right there in front of us, and we want to make it so hard, but ask God. Pray for direction. God, I, I need you to tell me what my purpose is. I feel like I have so much more to life than what I'm doing. I feel like I'm called to do it. It's kind of like people, um, a lot of times actors, and famous people, you'll see, you'll read interviews and books, and they're like, well, you know, I've got millions of dollars, I've got a huge house, I've got nice cars, I've got all this, but I feel like I'm missing something. And it's it's their purpose. What are they supposed to be doing? What can they be doing more? And they're not they're not going to find that out because they're not in tune with with him. 
So once we get directions, uh, we need to pray and seek God. Sometimes we get settled into everyday mundane things. Um, there's, a, there's two words that always come to mind. is contentment and complacency. And it's okay to be content. Content means that you're happy with things. That you know you're not you're not mumbling and grumbling and gargamelling and just being all hateful. I hate life. I hate everything. Um, content means that you're happy. Complacency though is very dangerous because complacency it means you you refuse to work to improve. So God wants us to be content. He wants us to be happy. But if we're complacent, it's like, well, God, I'm just I've had to leave town. I've got me a wife. I'm, I'm shepherding sheep and I'm doing all these things in Midian. But he has so much more. Moses was in a state of complacency. It wasn't just about being contempt. He was running from everything in his past, and he was running from the call of God at the time. And you can even see that's apparent whenever they were arguing back and forth. So it's okay to be content, not ju just not complacent. Because, see, we can come to church every Sunday. You can put a little bit of money. You can even tithe 10%, like the Bible says. You can do that. You can just keep doing the same thing. Well, there's a church dinner, so I'm going to bring a little something to this. And all that stuff is good and great, but there is so much more. God has a greater purpose than to just be speeding through life. Well, this is, this is what it is, so I'm just going to keep going. There's nothing else for me. I'm just going to keep my seat warm every week. You know, I love it when people get involved and we do these dinners. We have volunteers. We have people come bring food. We have people serve. Uh, we have volunteers to, to cut the grass. We have volunteers to come help clean. Um, all kinds of stuff, and it's not, well, just a slave. Just like Jennifer said last week, when she got involved in ministry at that church, she was just cleaning tools, and that's a, that's a big church where she was. And serving, God has a purpose for your life, and the more that we get close to him, the more that we're like him, the more that's going to be evident in what that's supposed to be. So remember that. We don't want to get complacency. It's a dangerous It's a dangerous place, and there are all kinds of walks in your life that, that you can get in complacency. You can get it with your job, your family, anything. And it's a scary place to be whenever we're complacent and it's just happy with that's just the way things are. The thing with God, and we talked about it whenever been talked about uh, the first week, I believe, about the, the warning signs, first or second week, in the church that, you know, talked about being lukewarm. And you don't find any other mention of that church. There's no letters of that church because it's not in existence. And the thing is, with God, our relationship, we can't just, just stay speeding along. We're either getting closer to him or further away. So it's finding that purpose and drawing close to God. So we want to go somewhere. We need to get directions. We need to pray and ask God. We also need to manage our time better. If God has a purpose for your life, sometimes we're like, well, God, I really don't have any more time to do that. Um, I've got this. I've got that. I don't really, I just can't do it. Has anybody ever been there? It's like, you are stretching me to the limits I can't do it, and I'll just give you a tip, and I did this one time. If you actually break down an hour-by-hour hour schedule, like a planner, because I did it like I was like, okay, well, I'm at school from this time to this time. The hours and the actual minutes added up in the week that I didn't have anything to do, it was scary, but I chose to either, well, I'm just going to take a nap on the couch, or I'm just going to do this, or I'm just going to do that. It is scary when we realize how much time we have. And, and I know everybody, you know, we, we do stay busy, but if you really want to know how much time you have, do a planner, do a schedule. I always make to-do lists to help me fulfill my purpose better so I'm not just rushing along. What are, more, what are the most important things I need to do? I have one about every week. And as, as I go on, I keep it in my purse, and I take it with me to school. If I get something done, then I check it off. 
And then as I'm making that list, I want to see, okay, God, is this something that's really purposeful? Or is it something that it's really not that important? But it's something I like to do. Because, see, this is a thing. We want to be in his will and do the things that he's called us to do. So we manage our time. We make to-do lists. Uh, dreaming is good, and remember to set some realistic goals, though. Just like if we're speeding along and we don't have directions, we're not going anywhere. The same thing with setting goals. If we're not reaching something that's in our sights, we've not went anywhere. And that's the thing, even making to-do lists. It might seem like something small, but, but things that, that have purpose and things that need to be done for that week, if we see that on a list in front of us and actually have those goals, Okay, I'm going to do this tonight. I'm going to do that. And a really important goal is, is, is you're reading your Bible and prayer. Church is not enough on Sundays. If you think it is, you're in for a rude awakening. Don't wonder why all hell's breaking loose in your life. I mean, there might be things going on in my life, but I know that I've got the Word, and I know that I've got, I listen to worship music a lot and all kinds of stuff. But when it, it's hard to find God's purpose for your life when we're not in tune with Him. See what I'm saying? If we're not reading, if we're not talking to Him, it's hard to get there. So as we're setting our goals, um, something that that hits home with me is when you spend your time, are you spending it just for you or are you spending it with expectations and, and hopes that it's going to make somebody else's life better? Because you can go super far in man's eyes and have all the awards and all the certifications and, and everything else. But on this journey, if we're trying to really win people to Jesus, how much are we actually living for God and helping others along? So as you're making your list and you're finding your purposes, how you spend your time, is it, is it just for Leslie? Or am I living to make other people's lives better? Am I challenging them? Am I helping them along? Not, that, not saying that you or I've got it all together, but God blesses us so we can bless others, whether that's financial, whether it's just spend some time with, just mentoring, whatever that may be. So can you be pouring into someone? Is that maybe your purpose to encourage others to overcome things that you've overcome or that maybe you're still even living through, you know, right now? Something I always warn people, though, if you're, if you're struggling with someone, sometimes you have to, or something, sometimes you have to be careful because if you get with somebody else that's struggling with the same thing and you're both not strong enough, it's going to drag you down and it's not going to be good. So pour into someone. God's, God's given you a purpose. Find out what that is. Pray and seek. Um, set expectations for yourself. God has high expectations up for us. He doesn't hate us when we don't exceed those expectations. He's a loving, graceful, and merciful God. But he wants us to do the best we can. So just closing out, um, something I want to challenge you is just to give yourself away and let God be God. Live your life for God. Go to the purpose that he has. Don't be in such a hurry that we slow down and, and we miss all the stuff. Live in and for his purpose. Moses stepped back and, and stepped into his purpose, his calling, after 40 years of running. He was complacent for 40 years. Now, complacent doesn't mean you're in a bad thing. I mean, he had flocks, he had a wife, he had kids, he had family, he had all these things. But he was running from a sin he had committed. And this is the thing. I'm sure he was scared to return to Egypt. Does anybody know anyone that never forgets anything? Yeah. You could have not shook their hand or not talked to them in the store, not even been on purpose, and like 10 years later, they remember that. So imagine how much more somebody's going to remember a murder. 
And you know how people are when Moses murdered that guy. I'm sure it was through the whole camp. Man, did you hear what he did? Did you hear what he did? So Moses is scared, and he's letting his fear drive out his purpose until God calls and says, look, step out. I have plans for you. Somebody needs to do this. And the thing is, guys, and it's kind of scary, if you don't answer to God's call, he's going to get somebody else. And I guarantee your life's going to be really miserable if you're not walking in his calling and doing what he's asked. I'll just share a story um, real quick. This week, I got really busy with the bathroom and just doing projects around the house. And um, Bonnie was sick. I was trying to get her to go to the hospital. I was trying to, you know, do all this stuff to uh, so I could be happy, pretty much. I mean, just being honest, it was for me. I mean, God wants us to have nice stuff, but it's I wasn't making my bathroom nicer for the kingdom. I can assure you of that. So I'd set up a meeting earlier in the week with some people, and I said, okay, let's let's get together and let's do this. And like the time, it was getting close to the time I spent forever. I was looking for a grinder saw, a tile cutter. It was back there in that closet. I tore our garage upside down. That was this was the last place I'd used it. So I was looking for that, and I was getting like all bent out of shape because my schedule wasn't going the way I wanted it. Because I'm a nerd. If I'm supposed to meet with somebody, I'm like, okay, I need to get in the shower by this time. So I've got everything done. I plan ahead. I don't like being late for stuff. That's That drives me crazy. And I try to have my stuff together. So I really thought, I was like, I'm just going to cancel that meeting. I need to get my mother-in-law to go to the hospital. I need to do all kinds of different stuff. And I just can't. There's no way. I didn't. I wanted to. I'm not going to lie. But I really felt like it was something God called me to do. I figured it was a purpose. Um, so then I go to the meeting, have fun. I come home, and I'm pulling up the driveway, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm just telling you, because I knew what I was supposed to do and I fulfilled a purpose, it, I felt so good on the inside because it was just like, you know, that's that, that's making a difference. You could have stayed at home. You could have did your own stuff. You could have went to the game. You could have did whatever, apply whatever, however that's going to fit in your walk of life. But God called me to do something to make someone else's life better, that purpose. And it made me feel a whole lot better about myself, not bragging. But but what is God calling you to do? Dusty, if you'll come play. What is God challenging you to do? Are you just speeding through life just as fast as you can, just getting a year older? You know, I've heard the, the quote, and it's depressing. Somebody's like, well, the day you're born is the day you start dying. It's kind of like, well, thanks. But it's, I mean, it's the truth. And I've heard, I don't know how many sermons preached on the dash. You know, if, if you look on somebody's tombstone, they've got their birth year dash, and then the year after. What did you do with your dash? What's your purpose in life? What are your directions? God's left a book full of them. He's, it's called the Bible. But he's left all kinds of stuff for us, and he wants the best for us. So just stay on your feet with me this morning. What are you running from? I don't know what that is. What do you need to be doing? I don't know what that is, but I know somebody who does. God has a purpose for your life. He has plans to prosper you, plans for good, plans to give you a future, a hope, an expected end. Jeremiah 29, 11, to give you an end result that is pleasing to him and is good in his eyes. So just bow your heads, please. I just want you to pray that prayer and just to ask God. And I'll pray it with you because I know there's still things that I need to work on. 
I'm not perfect by any means. I'm a mess right now if you really knew what was going on in the inside of me. So I just want to I just want you to ask God, what is your purpose for my life? I know it's got to be more than what I'm living right now. God, what do you want me to do? Where can I step it up in my areas? I don't know if it's your family, if it's your home, if it's your work. God, what's something that I can move up in? Just ask him that. your heads are bowed if God spoke something to you and and you just feel like there's some areas in your life that man let's say I just need prayer um, I just need to fulfill my purpose that God's called me to do be the man or woman of God that I'm supposed to be and step it up in my family step it up in my marriage step it up in my home step it up in my work God that I've been lazy at work and I'm slacking God help me to step it up in all those areas step it up in my church if that's you, just raise your hand, please. Guys, there are hands up all over this place, so don't be afraid to raise your hand. Like I said, I am a hot mess, I can assure you that. Lord, we just worship you today. You guys can put your hands down. God, I pray that you set a passion within our hearts. God, a fire that will not die, that will not be quenched. God, that we will connect with somebody that we can be and a mentorship with God that, that will help us to grow and help us to move and help us to, to be what you've called us to be, God, to be what your word says, God, that you would that you would have a step into our purpose, God, in whatever walk of life that may be, Father. God, the things that we need to work on, whether it's anything from running late just to something way more serious than that, God, I pray that you just speak that to us, God. Help us to connect with someone. God, we just worship you. These hands that are raised, God, Lord, I just pray that you would set a fire in them. God, that you would just help them to grow and to trust in you, God, and to hear your still, small voice, Father. God, when we just feel like we can't give any more, that we would just give it that extra oomph, God, just to, just to go the miles for you. God, thank you for this awesome group of people here at Bethesda this morning. God, I pray that you just give us passion to serve you, Father, with our times, talents, and treasures. God, help us to step it up in our every walk of life in our lives, God. Help us to go after you more than we ever have before, God, that it just wouldn't be the mundane, reading a little Bible here, church on this Sunday, I'm going to hang out and do this, God, but that it would be a real relationship, God, like we have never seen before. God, let us surround ourselves with positive influences. Let us pour into others, Father God, as you've poured into our lives, God, and blessed us pray for these people that have raised their hand, God, that want to go to the next level with you, God. I pray that you take them, God. I pray that you take me with them. Help us to do the things that you've called to do. Help us not just to just to run a rat race, God, just to only at the end of the day be depressed, busted, and disgusted. I thank you for what you're going to do. God, for what you're already starting to do in healings. just worship you. I just want to pray our blessing as we close out today. Number 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And as always, we'll have a prayer team up front for those that may need prayer. And you're dismissed. Love God and love people. Do something great for God this week. Have purpose, guys. Put it on your bathroom mirror.
That way, every morning when you get ready, you're looking right at it. Love you guys.